Today, I want to take a break from all of the legal, financial, and logistical stuff. Let's get a little more personal. Let's talk about food. Hello, and welcome to Dying Kindness, the podcast for people who are going to die someday. I'm Sienna Stewart, and I'm going to die someday. Spoiler alert, you will too. So let's all do what we can to make key decisions now in order to be kinder to the people we'll leave behind. That's a dying kindness. So I know the holiday season is complicated for all of us, or so many of us, not least because this is the time of year where more people are dying than any other time of the year. But one of the things that I love about the holiday season is all the food. (laughs) I love how many gatherings are focused on food, all the different things that people cook only this one time of year. And sometimes that's hard for people because they're cooking something that they're really unfamiliar with and they're cooking it under a high pressure situation where they've invited people over and they want to cook this thing. And it is the source of oh so many comedy moments to see people struggling with something so basic and yet so important all at the same time. But I don't have to tell you that it's a signature of the holiday season. I personally love cooking. I love cooking for other people. I love being cooked for. It's an expression of love. It's, it's a way to communicate culture and tradition and personal preferences and history and so many things. I mean, how much have we learned about past cultures, even in anthropology, just by digging up kitchens and taking a look at, you know, stuff that people ate or how they ate it. And we feel like that gives us insight into how an entire group of people that disappeared so long ago, how they actually lived in a day-to-day way. In so many cultures, there's this concept of how much energy and how you can like express the love for somebody else through the actions that you're taking and you know while you're thinking of them how you're feeling while you're making something for them that 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 comes out especially comes out in the food i mean that was definitely the premise of a book that i loved which is uh, like water for chocolate and um, there's a movie of it as well which is quite good. I recommend it. So many of our gatherings focus on food. You know, it's a, it's a core part of dating. It's a core part of family get-togethers and friend get-togethers and religious practices. None of this is new, I'm sure, for you. I just wanted to like really ground us in how important food is and can be and how Central it is to how we express our love for other people, because ultimately, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about thinking about somebody outside of ourselves, taking a look at our loved ones and seeing how can we express our love for them and how can we take care of them. A lot of us, when we're alive, we do this by cooking for people or making sure that they have food, even if it's not cooking, like somebody's hungry, can I give them a sandwich? You know, that's, that's a core part of 
who we are and how we express who we are, how we express how we care about somebody else, how we express what they mean to us. So many, so many things go through food. And I talk about this partially because food is also such an incredible memory trigger. It's been demonstrated as one of the fastest ways to bring up a memory of a particular person or a particular place or a particular time. There's, there are examples of food as triggers in so many different written works and so many different cultural you know, stories and, and all of that. And it can be a comfort. I mean, we, we could talk about comfort food. It's, it's a way for us to feel loved. That's why it's called comfort food just brings us some sense of peace or comfort or, or feeling of love. But that's also, it's, it's a bit of a hazard sometimes because that can be a trigger for grief. If you are eating something that you remember somebody cooking and you miss them, you know, that can be something that, um, it can trigger grief it can, while it also comforts you at the same time. So complicated, so complicated. My parents both cooked. My, my mom and dad would take turns cooking. And I so prize the recipes that I have from them. They would, they would cook from different recipes and different books and then often write notes in the margins about, you know, things that they had changed or whether they liked it or not. And I remember actually taking some of those recipes and then like writing them down. And one of my ways of practicing typing when I was a kid was to type out all their recipes. And I love that I have that now. Um, and I, and I particularly love the recipe books that have their handwriting in it. And, um, I now also living with my aunt have found a collection of recipes from her mother, from my grandmother, my Lola. And, these are recipes mostly from the Philippines and their measurements in metric, or maybe there's no measurements. Sometimes there's no cooking directions. There's just a set of ingredients with some general guidelines, which I'm trying to, which I'm, which I'm trying to figure out, but, um, but it's still cool. It's still something that I love and that I prize these recipes that make me feel connected to my mom, to my dad, to my grandmother, to these people who are dead that I can reach back in my memory to times when I ate with them or when they cooked for me, or maybe if I can cook this now, that I can connect with them, that I can connect with that history, that I can connect with those memories. And that's how I look at the recipes that they've left for me. And it's so wonderful. I was talking with somebody recently about the fact that they had somebody that they loved in their life who had a signature dish, something that was cooked for this like important family gathering every year they cooked this incredible dish and they refused to give anybody the recipe. It was this secret recipe. And they died without giving this recipe to anyone. And I was 
this person was telling me just how frustrating that is and how much of a loss it felt to never be able to create that recipe again or to just you know have them disappear in a like an extra way so not only are they gone but also this food is gone and that memory and all of that it reminds me also my father spent a long time trying to figure out my grandmother his father his mother's um pecan pie recipe she was from lexington kentucky and and had a particular pecan pie recipe and i remember he spent years trying to recreate that and ended up figuring out something that he said pretty dang close if it's not exact and um and so i prize that recipe because even though my grandmother never cooked that pecan pie for me i remember my father loving it and how much he loved it from his mother and so it connects me back and back and i'm imagining that my grandmother got it from her mother and so there's that level of connection there to my own family history through this crazy buttery sweet pie <laughs> so today i suggest as a dying kindness for the people that you love that you write down your recipes even if it's not super complicated you know or maybe it's not even a recipe it's just a how to do something or why something matters to you or your own food memories or something like that, you know, write it down or just teach it to somebody. Take the time to hand it off to someone who cares about it and who may want to cook it after you're gone. And if you have a secret recipe that you really don't want anyone to know until after you're dead, put it in your will. Put it in a safe deposit box. Put it somewhere where people can discover it after you're gone so that they can cook it and remember you. Don't be that person that dies with a secret recipe and makes people just get extra frustrated and miss you in a whole extra level. So that's it. That's all I want to talk about. What kind of foods matter to you? What foods make you miss the people that you loved? And what foods do you prepare for people now? Whether it's simple box mac and cheese or some elaborate seven-course dinner or a special sauce or a way to do a barbecue or a breakfast pancake, something or other, or who knows what. What is it that is food that you can hand off to the people who are going to miss you when you're gone. Record that in some way. And I hope you manage to get some good food this season. If you'd like, tell me about it. Go to dyingkindness.com and click on the bottom right. There's a little microphone. You can click that and leave me a voicemail. Or you can send me an email. You can just get in touch with me there through dyingkindness.com. I would love that. I would love to hear your food memories or what memories you want to leave for other people. Thank you for joining me today. 
If you know someone who could benefit from this episode or for, from anything that I'm doing here on Dying Kindness, please share it with them. That's the best thing that you can do to support me and my mission to change our society's reluctance to talk openly about death. Let's work together to not make it harder than it has to be. For more about everything, go to dyingkindness.com. Today's music is by Blue Dot Sessions, and everything else was done by me. I'm Sienna Stewart, and I'm going to die someday, but hopefully not before I get good at making my Lola's empanadas. Today's death reading is Lessons by Jacqueline Woodson. My mother says, When Mama tried to teach me to make collards and potato salad, I didn't want to learn. She opens the box of pancake mix, adds milk and eggs, stirs. I watch, grateful for the food we have now. Syrup waiting in the cabinet, bananas to slice on top. It's Saturday morning. Five days a week she leaves us to work at an office back in Brownsville. Saturday we have her to ourselves all day long. Me and Kay didn't want to be inside cooking. She stirs the lumps from the batter, pours it into the buttered, hissing pan. Wanted to be with our friends, running wild through Greenville. There was a man with a peach tree down the road. One day, Robert climbed over that fence, filled a bucket with peaches, wouldn't share them with any of us, but told us where the peach tree was, and that's where we wanted to be. Sneaking peaches from that man's tree, throwing the rotten ones at your uncle's. Mama wanted us to learn to cook. Ask the boys, we said, and Mama knew that wasn't fair, girls inside and the boys going off to steal peaches, so she let all of us stay outside until supper time. And by then, she says, putting our breakfast on the table, it was too late. 